Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Herb Podcast, a place of information and inspiration for the home herbalist. I'm Bridget Doherty of the Soledago School of Herbalism, coming to you from a bridged island on the coast of Maine. In today's show, I'm talking about common sage. Before we get started, I want you to know that I'm not a doctor, nor do I diagnose or treat people. What I share is based on my own experience and what I've learned from my mentors. Ultimately, I want you to be empowered in seeking and achieving your own version of optimum health. I want you to be inspired to connect and relate to the common plants that grow all around you. Together, let's make home herbalism be as common in the everyday household as cooking a healthy meal. Now, without further ado, let's have some fun and dig in. Sage is a very common garden herb and culinary herb. You'll find it growing in many vegetable and perennial gardens, herb gardens alike. You'll also find it in the produce aisle of most grocery stores and also in the dried spice aisle of most grocery stores. There's a lot of plants that go by the name sage, and some of them are actually in the Artemisia genus of plants. So the plant that the sage that I'm going to be talking about today is just the common cooking culinary sage. There are a huge number of species in the salvia genus. So the garden sage we're talking about is salvia officinalis. And that's in the mint family, otherwise called the Lamiaceae family, which is a very large family to begin with. And then the Salvia genus is the largest within the mint family, having around a thousand species. Anytime we see a a botanical name that has the name Officinalis as the species, it means that that plant was the official species written about in medical texts and used medicinally. Now, interestingly enough, of those 1,000 species of salvia, a newly added salvia is rosemary. Up until 2017, rosemary was in the genus Rosmarinus, and it was the Rosmarinus officinalis. It was one of three species in the Rosmarinus genus. And so since 2017, they have decided that rosemary can come and live with the sages. And it's now botanical name is Salvia rosmarinus. Rosmarinus, dew of the sea. Back to garden sage. I bring that up because rosemary has, there's a lot of similarity actually. You'll see both behind the folklore of these two herbs as well as some of their medicinal uses and even a little bit of their culinary flavor. They are, I would say, they're close relatives. So there's lots of within the salvia officinalis genus, there's lots of different varieties, and many of them you can find at your local plant nursery come springtime. So there's the classic green-leaved, you know, kind of like silvery green-leaved garden sage. Then there's like a broad-leaved sage. 
and there is a purple sage and a tricolor sage. And as long as they are officinalis, they can be used um, interchangeably. But I would say that the silvery green narrow-leafed sage that has really nice, uh, beautiful flowers, beautiful purple flowers is my preference. It, it seems to be the hardiest for me. It overwinters the, the best and will grow into a nice, small, woody, perennial shrub, if you let it. A very small shrub <laughs> or a large perennial. So the, the word, the name salvia has some interesting lineage. It stems from some Latin words. The of salvia comes, stems from a Latin word salvus, which means safe, secure, and healthy. Also uh, stems from an adjective related um, to salus, which is health and well-being, prosperity, or salvation. And then there's also salvir, which is to feel healthy and to heal. So safe, secure, healthy, well-being, salvation. Pliny the Elder was the first author known to describe a plant called salvia by the Romans. And he was likely describing the type of species of the salvia officinalis that we're talking about. So the word sage, originally, from what I can tell, came from a French word, um, sage, S-A-U-G-E, which basically was the French version of salvia, which made me think, well, where did the word sage, as in the wise person sage, where did that word come from? And what's the relationship, or is there a relationship, or is it just that they sound similar? And... I'm still not 100% sure, but from what I could tell, the, the word sage maybe came from Latin sapius or sapir, which means to taste, to discern, to be wise. And now is a noun meaning a person of profound wisdom. And that was first recorded as that definition of sage in the 1300s and was originally applied to the seven sages of Greece. So sage, the herb, is relatively known as sage the savior and is thought to have powers of immortality, longevity, wisdom, protection, and having the ability to grant wishes. It offers strength and mental clarity and wisdom. And we'll find this as we talk about the different medicinal properties of sage, so that it does have some really specific properties that help with maintaining brain health and wisdom, and it has some medicinal properties that really do help increase um, longevity and that uh, protect health. It's energetics, it's warming, it's very drying, and uh, pungent and a bit bitter. It's native to the northern shores of the Mediterranean, similar to rosemary. And it was so popular um, that the Chinese herbal healers, they had some of their own varieties of sage um, in the genus Salvia. But supposedly there were Chinese herbal healers who would trade the Dutch for the sage that we're talking about, which was considered a European tonic herb. And they would pay three boxes of their own Chinese tea for one box of sage. And I guess from my understanding, it sounded like sage, you know, before um, tea, the, the tea plant from China became a popular beverage in Europe Sage was kind of like the go-to longevity herbal tea that people would drink. So there is a lot, as I'm sure you can imagine, folklore around this plant. And we'll get dive into that. So it was utilized to ensure a long life and sometimes was even thought to provide immortality. 
and it was done by eating it. And there was actually a phrase that you're, you'd be given immortality if you ate sage every day. It would be carried to promote wisdom and used for healing and money spells. It was useful in guarding oneself against contracting the dreaded evil eye, where if you were to wear it um, in a small horn, and you'd fill the small horn with sage, and I assume wear it as a pendant. Greeks considered sage to render humans immortal and became known as the immortality herb due to its increasing physical health and also enhancing inner wisdom. Theophrastus, who lived in the common era before the common era, 372 to 287, so this is a long time ago, said that it drove away the evils of illness and old age. Ancient Egyptians revered sage and considered it a both a giver of life and a savior of life. The Romans considered it sacred and they prized it so highly that when they harvested the leaves, it was within an important ceremony rather than just an ordinary garden task. It was seen as an herb that would give fertility and which was really important in those times. So they would use uh, bronze and silver tools to harvest it, not iron. And the harvesters were required to be barefoot and clean and were wearing white tunics. And before harvesting the sage, sacrifices of food and wine were offered to the gods. It was seen as an herb that gave life and also protected it. And this is very similar, as we just saw, to how the Egyptians saw this plant. In the Middle Ages, sage was known to be a rejuvenating tonic and a long-life elixir. It was said that if you desire to make a wish come true, you would write it on a sage leaf and hide it beneath your pillow. And for three nights, you would sleep on it. If once you dream of what you desire, your wish will be materialized. But if not, you would need to bury the sage in the ground so that you did not come to any harm. And this I got from the Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs by Scott Cunningham. In medieval times, so from 450 to 1400, there was an old Italian adage. And it's funny, you see this like in a majority of books that talk about sage. It's a really famous adage, but why should a human die while sage grows in their garden? Another one is they that should live for a must eat sage in May and a meaning forever. So those that want to live forever must eat sage in May. It was say it said that sage plants would show vigor that matched the business of the homeowner in which the sage would grow. So if you were doing really well in your business, your sage would be huge and beautiful. And then if you were your business was faltering, that the sage plant would mirror that as well in its own health. It was also said, and this is really similar to and almost exact to what people would say about rosemary, is that where sage thrives, the woman rules the house. Or they would say, where sage doth grow well and vigorous, therein rules a strong woman. It's said that men would ruthlessly prune the plant to destroy evidence of his subservience to the woman of the household. <laughs> and this was also said about rosemary as well. It's... um said that toads like to sit under sage plants and that once upon a time only those old and wise could use sage another old adage and maybe that is how the word sage came to be wisdom i'm not sure in france they would display it in cemeteries to mitigate grief 
And then in the Victorian times, the mid-1800s, giving a gift to sage was perceived as a wish for long life and happiness. So all throughout history, sage really had a prominent role in protection and immortality and fertility and protecting life and saving life and giving life, a really important plant for a long time. Now, sage has a lot of nutritional value to it as well. It has calcium and magnesium and potassium, which are all really three very important minerals that have many different actions in the body. It also has some sodium and is also known to have high amounts of zinc, which is also really important for health and not found in a huge variety of foods necessarily. Also, uh, sage has a fair amount of thiamine, which is B1 vitamin. There are also carotenes, which we can turn into vitamin A and vitamin C complex and volatile oils, which give it that scent. And within those volatile oils, there's thujone, which we'll talk about a little bit later, cineol and borneol. There's also a fair number of antioxidants other than just the vitamins we were talking about, but other antioxidants as well, including flavonoids, and then also phytosterols. And when we talk about phytosterols, it's plant being phyto and sterile being hormone. And so they're constituents within the plant that it's usually our own gut flora if we have a healthy microbiome, can change those phytosterols into hormones that our body can use. So I'm looking forward to diving deep into all of the medicinal properties that SAGE has to offer us, some contraindications, um, some fun preparations, and then if you're interested, how to grow and harvest SAGE as well. But first, I'd like to offer a quick word from our sponsors. I want to thank them for supporting the podcast um, and supporting me and all the time that I devote to putting this information into the hands of people who are interested and hopefully are making use of it. Our first podcast supporter is... NordVPN. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for. To give you peace of mind while you are online and with all of the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN, the world's best VPN service offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com believe or use the code believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. And you'll get 70% off your NordVPN plan, plus an additional month for free. Plans start at under $4 per month. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. And thanks to our second sponsor of the week, Way, spelled O-U-A-I. Is winter skin dry for you? Are you feeling dry or dehydrated? Quench thirsty skin and leave it feeling satin smooth with Whey Melrose Place Body Cream. Fast absorbing to nourish your skin when you need it most. High quality nourishing ingredients like squalene, coconut oil, kupuasu butter, and coconut oil. Experience the new Whey Melrose body cream and body cleanser your body your way go to t-h-e-o-u-a-i.com and use believe 
B-L-E-A-V to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire purchase at T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com. Code B-L-E-A-V. Now, back to the pod. And back to Sage and all of its many benefits. So I would say one of the things that Sage is most known to be beneficial for is the fact that like most plants that have these volatile oils is that it's antimicrobial and anti-infective. It's antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral. It's useful, especially against any infection that has excessive secretions. And historically, it was used for infections that were accompanied by night sweats, which was, for example, tuberculosis. It's also known to help break up congestion. So it has this real drying nature to it. It dries up secretions. It's very astringent, which tones uh, mucous membranes and tissues in general and can help to dry them. It's also due to this really beneficial if you have a cough or a sore throat or a really hoarse voice, if you're dealing with tonsillitis or bronchitis or sinusitis, all of these itises, that means there's inflammation in the area. So tonsillitis is inflamed tonsils, bronchitis is inflamed bronchitis you know, bronchi are inflamed lung tissue, and then sinusitis is inflamed sinuses that are often caused by an infection. So sage is anti-inflammatory, it's astringent, and it can fight infection, which is why it's so beneficial for these specific conditions. This astringent nature also helps to heal wounds. And especially um, in sore throats, it tightens and tones the mucous membranes and the swollen tissue, which can really help to bring relief. The astringent nature and the antimicrobial nature is also really beneficial for health of our mouth. So it's it's um, traditionally can be used as a tooth powder where you would just take your sage dried sage leaves and grind them up into a powder and then use that on your toothbrush. Sometimes people might mix it with baking soda or, you know, some other kind of carrier, or you could just do plain sage powder, put it on your toothbrush and scrub. People also make mouthwashes with a really strong sage infusion. It will help to relieve pain. It could heal ulcers with that astringent and antimicrobial antiviral property and also heal canker sores. If there are any bleeding gums or like spongy gums, uh, cold sores, the sage can be really beneficial either as a mouthwash or just as a tooth powder that you can rub on. You could also combine powdered sage and powdered rosemary, maybe a little salt or a little baking soda, and scrub that on your teeth. Use it as a dentrifice. Sage is also known to help uh, if people who have bad breath, to help freshen the breath and fight any microbes that are causing the bad breath. Also, it's said that you can uh, rub a fresh sage leaf on your teeth to help whiten them and onto the gums to tighten them. You can uh, mitigate excess saliva production, uh, such as in Parkinson's, or which can also be you know, a sim- uh, side effect of chemotherapy, although sometimes that saliva production is a protective mechanism of the body. But if it's too much to deal with, Um, some sage infusion in small amounts or sage tea or a sage tincture could be helpful. Now, sage also historically was really considered to be a liver supportive herb. 
And that makes sense in a lot of ways because it is bitter. So that is always bitter herbs are always going to support our liver function. They're also always going to support our digestive health, which is really closely linked with our liver health. And sage also is really known to help with our hormonal health, which is also really closely tied with both our liver health and our digestive health. Now, sage does contain thujone in its volatile oil. It's part of the chemistry that gives it its scent. And thujone is found in other herbs and spices as well. But thujone specifically is a really harsh chemical that you don't want to consume it in concentrated amounts. And that's why the sage essential oil is actually really dangerous. So we don't want to use sage essential oil and we don't even want to concentrate our sage tea to a huge degree or make a sage infusion strength um, and then drink a whole lot of it. Like sage is fine just as a tea or an infusion by the spoonful and definitely let's stay away from the essential oil. We'll get more into that in the contraindications. Sage is so well known as offering support to females of any age through all of our cycles of life. It can really help to modulate our hormones. And that's both by supporting the liver health and because it has uh, these phytosterols in it, as I discussed earlier. It's also really known to be able to enhance fertility, as we saw in a lot of the folklore. And it enhances the production of estrogen, which is beneficial both in the childbearing years and the menopausal years. So that's, you know, childbearing years, what's that like? Teens all the way up to 40s. And then menopausal years is like from the 40s all the way up to the 60s. That's a huge span of time. The sage can be really beneficial specifically for our female health, reproductive health. Hot flashes. I think with uh, like hot flashes and night sweats, sage is probably the first go-to herb for a lot of herbalists to suggest and there is quite a bit of scientific research out there backing up this usage of the herb. And these scientific experience, experiments have shown that the more of an, a period of time that you consume sage, often in a tea form, in a cold tea form, then you have more of an expanded benefit from it. So you'll have less night sweats. And that, and so they suggest, it suggested that you at least give yourself of two months of working with the sage tea before giving it up and saying this isn't working. And I really like, I think it's important to work just with sage as a simple for this specific reason, because then you can really monitor the amount that works for you and how long you need to work with it and if it's helping or not. And that way you can also really get the concentration that you need. If you're just putting a little bit of sage leaf in with your tea blend of whatever your tea blend is for whatever reason, and you're throwing a little bit of sage leaf in there to help with your night sweats, you're probably not going to get the results you're looking for. We're talking about, you know, making a sage infusion which would be, you know, weighing out an ounce of sage and putting it in a quart jar, steeping it overnight, but then only taking that by the spoonful, because again, that's going to concentrate these volatile oils and the thujone in it, which we don't want to do if we're going to be consuming large amounts of it. And it's probably going to be quite bitter if we do that as well. So that's one way you could make a syrup out of it if you wanted. I try to think of ways so that you're not drinking a lot of tea 
right before bed that could also possibly have some diuretic properties to it. So you might not be waking up because of your night sweats, but you might be waking up because you drank too much tea before you went to bed. Although that is the way that a lot of people talk about it is you just have a cup of, tea, cup of sage tea in the evening, maybe as like an after dinner tea. And that can really help over time. It's interesting because I was reading that sage tea warm or hot can have the opposite effect. So it can actually like increase if you have a hot cup of sage tea. And this is, you see this with other herbs as well. They have different effects if you drink them hot versus cold. But if you drink a hot cup of sage tea, then it might increase the night sweats. If you drink a cold cup of sage tea, um, then it could help to alleviate the night sweats and sweating in general. Now, interestingly enough, when I was doing research for this podcast, I was reading in Juliet de Barclay Levy's book, and she was saying that sage is really helpful for milk promotion. And I think she, because she worked with animals a lot, I think she was specific, specifically also talking about increasing lactation in um, like goats, perhaps. Um, but I, but more commonly, sage is always talked about drying up lactation and inhibiting lactation. And again, we see this difference in that in general, when you drink a cold cup of sage tea, it can really dry up lactation and, and slow down lactation, dry up your milk production. But potentially, a hot cup of tea could have an opposite effect. Something to just consider and play around with if you want. I've also heard of people drinking sage tea to you know, help to wean their child if, or if they had to be away from their nursing child for a while and they didn't want to have uh, buildup or pain or have to pump um, to alleviate the pressure that they could drink some sage tea while they were going to be away from their child if it was going to be a few days. And then when they came back, if they'd stopped drinking the sage tea, then their milk flow would return. So that is a potential, although some people just use it to help wean in general. And the less milk you produce and the less milk the child can get and the weaning goes more easily, potentially. It might also flavor the milk so that it's not as deliciously sweet. Other ways that sage can benefit uh, women it could bring on a menses that is maybe uh, being slow to arrive, or if it's if there's a lot of cramping, or even heavy bleeding or scanty bleeding. You see a lot of that with herbs that that are like menses herbs is like they are more modulating than they are one way or the other. So no matter in which way you need to go, they can usually be helpful. They can also help to alleviate cramping and um, just can be calming in general, antispasmodic. All of, most of the mints, especially if they have volatile oils, have that ability. Also um, could be helpful in child birthing and in the placenta release. And that was a historical use for it that even Culpepper talks about. And then sage um, can really help in menopause, not only for the hot flashes, but also for this like mental fog. Uh, it can help to ease hormonal headaches and also the kind of mental fog that is hormonal based as well. Also, uh, restless leg syndrome, not only does sage have the calcium and magnesium and potassium, which are really important minerals for being able to, for the muscles to relax, but it also has these antispasmodic properties and is relaxing and calming in general. Now, I will say with restless leg syndrome, it's also tends to be a sign that your body's craving more exercise. So going for longer rock walks or um, doing some sort of exercise with your legs prior to going to bed um, can help as well to reduce the restless leg syndrome. 
So a lot of benefit for women, absolutely, in just that one aspect. And then sage is also like really beneficial for the nervous system. It can soothe irritated nerves, bring on a pleasant night's sleep. It can really help a nervous system that's feeling overwhelmed and can reduce nervousness and anxiety and can actually support the health of the entire central nervous system. However, we have to be careful if we are ever concerning considering using essential oil sage because that thujone I was talking about can have a complete opposite effect on the central nervous system and can really do a lot of damage to it. So we have to be careful there. Eases digestion, like all of our favorite mints. It's a eases gas. It's a carminative. It's an aromatic. It can be um, antispasmodic, relieving gas. It can aid in just the whole digestive process. Plus it is bitter. So you could make like, you could put sage in your bitters or have it as a pre or post dinner tea. And especially when it comes to really oily, rich foods, it's especially beneficial for promoting bile activity and the digestion of fats. And so we see sage being added to sausage a lot or like really um, rich meats and also cheeses were really traditionally flavored with sage as well. So helpful in relieving indigestion, nausea, gas, cramping, bloating, all of that fun stuff. Now, sage also really can benefit our skin as a topical application and also internally. So it can lower the inflammation. Sage is anti-inflammatory, so it can really reduce the redness or any sort of inflammation of the skin. Eczema, dermatitis, psoriasis. It has a lot of antioxidants in it, so it can help to keep the skin look youthful and protect against free radical damage. Also can kill any infections that might be on the skin in cases of acne or wounds. And it tightens and tones. So I'm thinking of like sage-infused witch hazel or a sage spray or rinse for your skin or powdered sage mixed up with some clay powder and honey and turned into a face mask. Or you could do fresh sage um, in a blender with some orange and some oats and put that on as a face, either scrub or mask. It's also has a lot of connection and talk around it about reducing dandruff and can be used as a hair rinse. And then another benefit is for varicose veins to tighten and tone those veins. Again, that astringency, it can be a topical spray of sage that's infused in witch hazel and then just applied really frequently over a period of time. Sage also is a diuretic, so it does help to reduce excess fluid in the body. It's very drying, right? So this is another way that it can be drying. So if you have water retention or any sort of bladder or urinary tract infection, sage could be helpful. And then in cases of type 2 diabetes, and I, man, I feel like anytime I talk about an herb or a spice, they, so many of them, sage included, can uh, reduce blood sugar levels or at least keep them at, at healthy places. But, you know, when you consume them before a meal. So it's suggested that, you know, you drink a cup of dried sage leaf tea on an empty stomach and it can help to modulate your blood sugar levels. And along with this uh, reducing hot flashes and sweating and perspiration, it really is an herb that's considered to be antihydrotic, which is basically an herb that reduces perspiration. And sage is said 
to be able to reduce perspiration up to 50%. Some people will make a antiperspirant with sage powder mixed with clay and cornstarch or maybe baking soda and use that under your arms. You could also um, make a sage-infused vinegar and make a spray and spray that under your arms. Now, also, another organ that sage really benefits is our heart. It helps to increase circulation and blood flow, and it helps to modulate cholesterol levels. Not only does it have positive effects on the blood sugar, but it also really benefits our triglycerides and our cholesterol levels. Its antioxidant properties benefit the heart. And it's said that frequent ingestion of sage tea has the potential to prevent strokes as well. So as we go through this list, so many different aspects of our body that sage really benefits, we really start to see why it was held in such esteem and really considered to be a plant of longevity. But that's not all. I would say one of the most impressive things aspects of sage's medicinal properties is the benefit that it can offer our brains. It is said to help to reduce memory loss and to assist in better and faster recall. And not only that, it can not only improve your memory, but as it does so, it can also just make you feel better overall, more content, and more alert. And it can do this in a couple different ways. So acetylcholine is a neurotransmitter that plays an important role in our memory and our attention and our alertness. Now there is an enzyme in our body that destroys acetylcholine. And that enzyme is called cholinesterase. And that is blocked, the action of cholinesterase, which is to destroy acetylcholine, is somehow effectively blocked by constituents within the sage plant. So sage essentially is able to inhibit the breakdown of acetylcholine, which therefore improves the chemistry of our brain and supports memory and cognition. Now, sage may also have a benefit of improving the functioning of the cholinergic receptors on the brain cells that actually receive the acetylcholine. So not only does it inhibit the breakdown of acetylcholine, but it also improves the cell's ability to receive it and make use of the acetylcholine. Sage also has the potential to increase other hormones in the body that refresh the brain. And has an ability to reduce inflammation that can cause damage or harm to neurons in and around the brain. So one of the places that this is really looked into and being beneficial, probably more as a preventative than a curative, obviously, I think we would know about it if it was a curative, but for cases of Alzheimer's and dementia, where the acetylcholine is broken down uh, faster and less is produced over time. So it can really kind of help to, especially when worked with prior to or just at the beginning of Alzheimer's, it has the potential to slow down the disease. And, you know, a lot of these connections with our brain and our heart circulation and our nervous system really also are very similar to rosemary and how rosemary affects our body as well. One other area, a couple other areas actually that sage can benefit. One is the lungs. It's really known to strengthen the lungs, especially um, if people are asthmatic. So just like a regular ingestion of sage tea as a lung tonic. And also people were known to smoke sage, dried sage leaves. You could smoke them or inhale the smoke to help um, with asthma or people with asthma. 
We don't want to help the asthma. We want to help the people that have the asthma. And then for reducing pain and increasing blood circulation, it can even be useful as infused into a massage oil and then massaged on sore muscles and joints and probably even uh, on heads for headaches or um, over the uterus area if there's menstrual cramping. So, so many arenas within our body that sage can really shine and be really helpful. Now, a few contraindications, something to just be aware of and thoughtful about. Again, we already said that it could reduce lactation, so which is helpful if you're weaning, but not helpful if you are not weaning. And if you're already potentially having problem with lactation, then sage you'd probably want to avoid. Although you could always try Juliet's DeBarkley Levy's and go drink some hot sage tea and see if it actually helps you produce more milk. Although there are probably better herbs to work with for that option, like um, the classics being blessed thistle, milk thistle, fennel, fenugreek. So other contraindications, let's avoid it during pregnancy. I mean, within reason, you don't hear doctors or midwives saying, don't put, don't eat sage, stay away from it. It's horrible. But again, like you probably don't want to make a super strong infusion of sage and drink it all down, but you probably don't want to do that anyway. So let's avoid the therapeutic doses during pregnancy, but they could be helpful in birthing. And if you already have like a really dry constitution, then it would just make common sense not to ingest a really drying herb. So if you have chronically dried eyes or chronically chronically dried mouth or sinuses, um, skin, then, you know, you might want to find some other herbs to work with instead of sage. And again, this thujone, like the volatile oil of sage contains thujone and it's concentrated, extremely concentrated in the essential oil. And you're also going to have higher levels of thujone in a tincture versus in a tea. And it's extremely high in the essential oil. So even in small amounts, thujone is poisonous. Excessive uses of the essential oil of sage could affect the central nervous system and cause epileptic fits, convulsions, and even paralysis. So that's with the essential oil. And that's why we don't really work that much at all if we can avoid it with essential oils in general, because they are really concentrated drug-like forms of the plants and they can cause some pretty serious and dangerous effects on the body, especially sage. Interestingly, in the Middle Ages, however, sage was used to cure epilepsy. It was called falling sickness then. So that's interesting that the plant itself had an opposite effect than the concentrated thujone. The thujone also can cause heavy menstrual bleeding and cause miscarriage. And that would be the essential oil of sage as well. So just be cautious, really cautious if you're pregnant. Let's stay away from essential oils 100%, but especially sage. The sage that's known as clary sage, which is a beautiful plant and has a really strong scent to it as well, but apparently it has much lo- lower levels of thujone in it than regular garden sage. And I think that's why we see clary sage on the aromatherapy market a lot more than we see just the plain garden sage. 
when I was into essential oils, which I definitely had my aromatherapy phase, I loved clary sage. And I just love it as a plant. It is a spectacular plant. If you ever get a chance to grow it, please do. Okay, so the way that you can prepare sage is pretty much endless, uh, only limited by your imagination or lack thereof. So you can infuse it in vinegar. You can infuse it in oil for a topical massage. Vinegar, it could be used as an antiperspirant deodorant, or it could be used in salad dressings and marinades. And vinegar really does extract those minerals really well. You could have it in a tea, hot or cold, depending. You could have it as a nourishing herbal infusion, although you would not drink it like you would a nourishing herbal infusion because it has those volatile oils. Like we do not drink infusion strength beverages that have herbs that have aromatics in them. Because again, we're just concentrating those and those can be harmful on the body. So if you do make the infusion, take it by a spoonful or take it like you would a tincture by a dropperful, but maybe multiple dropperfuls. Add it to some honey and take that by the spoonful. Now, or you could do a sage infused honey, which is one of my preferred methods of preparations of sage is just taking a bunch of leaves chopping them up finely, putting them in a jar so the jar is mostly full with the sage leaves and then filling the jar again with honey and stirring it into the leaves that you have chopped. And that is so yummy. You can just take a scoopful and make a tea with it, the fresh sage leaves after it's sat for a month or so. Uh, You could apply that honey topically or you can... Just take it by the spoonful if you have a sore throat or tonsillitis or any sort of infection in the mouth. That could be really helpful because the honey, you want ideally you want to use fresh sage leaves and then the honey will preserve all of those antimicrobial properties um, uh, that are within that volatile oil. All right, other preparations. Food, obviously. Tincture. Or you could do an elixir, which in my mind, an elixir is a tincture that has honey or some sort of sweetener added to it. Decorative, you can uh, include sage leaves into dried flower and herb arrangements, or you could make uh, wreaths with sage leaves, which is a beautiful, beautiful decoration. And then you can smoke the sage leaves too. You can burn them as incense or you can inhale them. You can add them to smoking blends. Put put them in potpourri. Use them to fight off moths in your closet. You can spray your skin with it as a toner. Uh, Make tooth powder with it. Mouthwash. You can infuse it in wine, a sage-infused red wine or even a sage-infused white wine. A steam. Steam the sage if you are trying to break up some congestion or some um, dry up some excess runny nose and mucus. And you could wear it as an amulet if you want protection and you want to work with it on that level. Or you can add it to your bath water. So either sage or a jar of sage infusion added to your bath water. Growing the herb. Uh, sage loves sun. Just think about like the Mediterranean ocean side. So it likes sun. It likes heat. It likes well-drained rocky soils. And yeah, it kind of doesn't, it doesn't really need hyper attention being paid to it. It doesn't need water all the time. You just want to water it every once in a while. And you can be started by seed or by cutting or by transplants. 
And, you know, attracting toads, like we said, toads are thought to enjoy sage and hang out under the sage branches. And toads actually will eat slugs in your garden. And slugs are way more of an annoyance than toads are in the garden. So that could be a benefit of including it in your garden. There is some folklore out there about not planting sage by itself in a bed, but by companion planting it with other different plants. It was thought that if you planted it with rue, the rue would keep the toads away from the sage. Back when people didn't want toads around, who knows, they probably thought that they were witches. Transmuted. Now, harvesting the sage, say you already have a big bunch of sage in your garden, or you will come this summer, then I like to just pinch off the tops of the sage, and that will help it to branch out more as well. So just with your fingers or with scissors, you can just go down uh, from the top of the plant and find a place where some larger leaves meet a stem that is not woody. So it's a green stem toward the top of the plant. And then you can just pick, pinch that or use scissors and cut it just above where the leaves meet the stem. That's at the leaf node. And that's where the, there's more um, protection that the plant has to protect itself and to heal the wounds and then to grow new branches from. So that's why we like to harvest it just above where the leaves meet the stem. But that is what you're harvesting is leaves. You can also harvest the flowers. If you have a blooming sage, the flowers still taste very much like sage and smell very much like sage um, and can be useful and beautiful if you want to dry them and put them in tea or just eat them as garnishes on salads. So, so much that this beautiful plant has to offer us And I hope that you probably already have some sage in your kitchen cabinet or perhaps in your refrigerator or in your store down the road that you can enjoy and possibly make some remedies with. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. So Nourish Yourself class uh, course is available. And in that course, we the main goal is to drink your nourishing herbal infusions. To I can help you find the herb to purchase. Then you can purchase the herb in bulk. And then I can be there to motivate you to make the infusions. And as a group, it's really nice to bring a group together of people who can motivate and inspire each other to be on the infusion journey together. Sometimes when we're working with herbs, we can kind of feel lonely because we're doing it by ourselves. We don't really feel seen uh, in working with the plants and we don't necessarily see others. So when we can work together in a circle uh, or come together in a circle and discuss our experiences and what we liked and didn't like and how we can improve things, that's what I really look forward to in Nourish Yourself. So I have made some dates for some live gatherings the end of February, the beginning of March. They are Thursday evenings, uh, February 24th and March 10th from 7 to 8 p.m. that for um, anyone that registers for Nourish Yourself that wants to, we're going to gather and we're going to talk and we're going to share stories and we're going to help motivate you to start the infusions if you haven't already. So come join us. Go to my website, find the online course page, read it over, see all the benefits you will gain from signing up and come join us. And in the meantime, if you like this podcast, I would love a rate or review, especially on iTunes. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, my website, all with the tag Solidago Herb School. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Bridget Doherty. Until next week, be well, 
Let intuition guide you and have fun with herbs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.